Hello, listeners. Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. Today, an HIV pill with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. Who knew? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, no worries. Your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. It's Sam here with a quick announcement, specifically for those people who are living in New York or Chicago. And those things are that if you are in New York, we are doing our Streetie Lab live show this Friday, October 27th at the Bell House. We have special guests, Catherine Cohen, Ike Ufomadu, and Richard Perez. It is going to be incredible. George and I have costumes confirmed. And then if you are in Chicago, I'm doing my solo show Club Comic on November 9th at the Color Club. Uh, Club Comic is club tracks, stand-up videos. It's um, a comedy concert experience that, honey, it must be seen to be believed. Um, Please, please, please get tickets to that. It would mean the world to me to see you there. Um, Wow. I mean, talk about an efficient announcement. I am so damn fast. Okay. Enjoy this episode. Get those tickets. Uh, They're available in our bio and, you know, on those venues' websites. Okay. Love you. Have fun. Bye. Okay, podcast starts now. What is up, everyone around the globe? Um, you are once again hearing the voices of me, Sam, and the silence of my co-host, George. George, why are you silent? <laughs> well, was I silent or was I silent? <laughs> so true, so relevant. So now. Yeah, that's so true. This episode was actually recorded right after that interview came out. But, <laughs> yeah, this but this we, recording is three years old. Yeah, we wanted to wait until it was time for Halloween 2023 in order for it to be really relevant. Yeah, which we did. We succeeded. Do you know what's really difficult? Um, and I'll say this. It's a risk because then it opens up a can of worms. But we were talking about this yesterday. It's difficult to know... The things we want to talk about right now are literally not in the purview, in the, 
in the realm of things that we're actually that is our job to talk about. You mean that we want to talk about? I mean all kinds of things. I think we want to talk about uh, personal, like literally, like personal <laughs> sex things, <laughs> which we don't do on the pod, of course. And then on the broader picture, we want to talk about big picture current events, which we also absolutely do not do on the pod. And so I'm having this, this like true, like the reason I was silent slash silenced is because I'm like, so what else is there? No. Where do I find, what is the midway point where I'm not saying anything super personal and I'm not saying anything that's relevant to global <laughs> affairs? <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Yeah. I have noticed something. I think, okay, I was talking to Misha about this. Uh -huh. Do you remember that scene in A Star is Born when she's recording finally in the fancy studio and it's not working and she's like, it's yeah. not working. I lost it. I lost whatever magic I had. And Bradley Cooper is like, uh, what if you bring a piano in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, that's too much. I don't want to get, they'll have to hire movers. They'll have to, you know, take out that beam in order to fit the piano in in the first place. Uh -huh. And he was like, it doesn't matter. It's your art. And uh, then she so brings the piano in and then she thrives. So the magic is back. Okay. And I think you are afraid yeah. of inconveniencing uh -huh. people for your art of gay podcasting. <laughs> I think you what are- What is our equivalent of the piano? Personal, uh, uh, discussing personal things and oh. not feeling self-conscious. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Well, <laughs> I mean, but do you think- so my example, of yeah. course, was yesterday when we were both hungover. Exactly. Um, you know, I didn't want to. Uh, there was a part of me that wanted to make myself smaller and not talk about the fact that I was hungover because right. it would have seemed unprofessional in professional setting. Yeah. But we have to remember that we are inherently, at our core, unprofessional people. Mm -hmm. We are bad at our jobs, and right. that is what we do best. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'll say about the two of us, though. Oh, we joke about being bad at our jobs. We're so unprofessional. We're leaving money on the table. When someone else around us is bad at their jobs, <laughs> we act as though we are being personally targeted <laughs> by the United States military via sniper attack. <laughs> the way we another have, Bradley we Cooper reference. No yes, we have no empathy for anyone else being incompetent, and yet the entire joke is that we can't. We can't. Oh, I'm waking up. I'm already ready for my eleven o'clock meeting. Okay. Okay. I want to. Uh, I okay. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not saying <laughs> when I say bad at our jobs, what I mean is what we perceive as a professional person. Right. I unfortunately think we are good at good our at jobs. Podcasters? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> Yeah. This is where it gets complex. We're good at being pod We're good at being bad podcasters. Yes. Which is bad for us in the long run. Yes, but good for this medium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and thank God podcasting is forever and and this will all never change. You know what I have always said about digital media? It never changes and it's the same year after year. And so the fact that right now the audio space is thriving means that it always is going to be. That's true. People look back on this moment and be like, wow, that moment is so similar to this moment because that, nothing has changed. That is so true. If there's one thing I've learned from working at Quibi and the Gawker reboot, it's that, <laughs> let me tell you something, all companies succeed. <laughs>
And, and you don't need to be profitable. No, no. Well, that is true. That actually is We actually live in true. a warped world where being profitable is hack. Profit is passe. Profit is so passe where it's like you go into a boardroom, which I've been to many. Of you course. go to a boardroom in Silicon Valley, you say we're profitable, they laugh in your face. Mark Zuckerberg literally slaps you across the face and he's strong now. Uh, oh, he's really strong. It hurts. I mean, if you're profitable, it's like, okay, so you don't have a dream. Well, it's also like, oh, you're living the dream of the 90s. You're in Portlandia because you're profitable. What it's do you like, think you are, Nike in the 90s? That is not what we're doing anymore. We Show some imagination. Uber. Yeah. We are exploiting our workers for the sake of not even making a profit or producing a product that anyone likes. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, we're actually succeeding big time in this global economy. This, there is something true about this that is so dark that I actually think people do frown on. Like, what isn't? It's it's very um, like a million dollars isn't cool. You know, it's cool a billion dollars, but instead it's like like making money isn't cool. What's cool is branding your company as if it makes money when totally. it doesn't really matter. Like it's yeah. like spinning nonprofit to be profit. Like in like like just being like we make seventy two cents per every fifty cents. Well, you spent. have to you have to drown everyone with numbers so that they don't actually have time to figure out what they mean. 100%. You literally will be like five billion impressions and someone's like, of what? And you're like, and six billion uniques. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only two million people in and the world. And there's only two million people in the world and half of them are podcasting. <laughs> and the other half are listening. So that's why LGBTQ plus is now. Now more than ever. And it won't be stopped. You know what bothers me about now more than ever? Talk about something that actually doesn't have lasting power. You don't want your thing to be more relevant now than ever. You want it to be relevant forever. People should stop. That should be removed from marketing. marketing now more marketing. than ever. Like, why would you? Why would that be a positive? You're right. Where's the growth? Where's the growth? And also, so this, this thing that you're doing literally is at its peak now. Now more than ever, today is the only day. So you're literally telling me to divest from your product. Literally. <laughs> like, what if I, so I'm not getting any returns from this. So, so I should get out. Because this, this is the peak. I should sell. This is the equivalent of a currently me purchasing a hot coffee. That coffee is going to be cold in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I actually want a new one. I'm actually <laughs> getting rid of this coffee. It's not good anymore. It is so crazy that neither of us went to business school. <laughs> <laughs> I always love, I have to, you know, toot our own hordes. Mm -hmm. I really feel that um, my favorite thing of this podcast mm -hmm. is when you're like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And then you then go on to tear down all corporations ever. Well, it's only so I can build my own and make it better. Build back better. Build back better. Life finds a way. But but actually, I think that the my idea about now more than ever is kind of big. Oh, I, I, I think people are going to listen to this and they're going to stop saying now more than ever. I mean, it's literally an admission of defeat. It's literally saying we are passe. I mean, talk about like there's no more potential energy. It's all been spent. Yeah. It's like this is the best I will be. How sad. I would never say now more than ever about myself. Everyone is pathetic. Literally, when was the last time you were inspired by one person? <laughs> you know the answer that I have that is sad. What? Because I to talked about it on this. <laughs> Who? <laughs> the Choice of On Rush video. You are so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, okay, okay, I'm I'm inspired again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally felt not now more than ever. I felt like actually there's more more to this world than what I've seen so far. Yeah. Did you read the article I sent you? <laughs> See, I did mean to. No, it's totally fine. But the problem is when there's an article, t t listen up, t 
Tim Cook. Yeah. S- Steve Jobs, rest in peace. But listen up, Tim Cook. <laughs> what, how do I keep articles mm. in like a queue? Because I have articles I'm wanting to read. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, but right now I'm using the bathroom. Yeah. So I can't read this. Totally. And and it's not number two, sweetheart. It's number one. So I'm going to be in and out pretty quick. Okay. And by the way, people <laughs> are going to get in touch with solutions. We don't want them. <laughs> I actually could be interested if they're actual okay. solutions. All right. Um, but I have... Currently, I I do this thing now where I screenshot an article when I want to read it. Me too, and I never go back. Never. To it. What go am back. I gonna do? Scroll through all my other iconic screenshots <laughs> just to find an article in the New York Times. Scroll through my countless news, countless to get news, to my vulture and, article, and dick pics from every single man in in South Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good Please. luck finding it. Good luck finding it amidst all the penises. <laughs> okay, wait. We have to bring our guest in, but I, all I want to say, you don't you don't have to have read it to be able to. Sort of oh yeah, you did want to address the space. It. Yeah, basically, it's making the argument that there's no more innovation. That pretty much there's no more innovation in any art anymore. <laughs> and he actually locates Amy Winehouse's Back to Black as the turning point where she was the like, end. It's positive towards Amy Winehouse. You you don't have to be mad. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to feel. <laughs> it's like she's the only basically like she started a new. Fo- now the only thing you can do basically is like make things out of the detritus that exists in culture. There's no like new thing, and she actually was someone who took that and made something that did feel new rather than feeling like pastiche, rather than feeling like, an you know sort of like nostalgia, useless nostalgia. Sure, sure, sure. Well, um, I don't believe it for a second. So it you know, connects to like, when was the last time you were actually inspired by someone? Where I'm like, when was the last time someone did something new? <laughs> I already said my Troy answer. Sivan. Yeah, do you not have one? Um, huh. Because I feel like articles like that are kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> People love to say that. They love to be like, yeah, nothing's been good for a hundred years. No, I know. Like, okay. well, it's, but that's the thing, which was I thought was interesting. He's not saying nothing has been good. He's saying nothing has been new. But he's like, I like a lot of, a lot of really great art is being made. But no forms have been, like, reinvented. We have to bring in our guest. We have to bring in our guest. And actually, we need we need him to only talk about this for the entire episode. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Um, Also, wait before we do, George. I have to say one thing. A technical element. Oh no. When you tap the table, I feel like it makes little noises. Okay, I'll stop. (laughs) I'll stop being passionate. I guess. And uh, yeah, I don't want to silence you. I, I know you say, s- as a Greek American, that's sort of how I express myself. I grew up in a family that was very loud, and we loved food and family. And you can be as loud as you want, just don't tap the table. And I only know because someone sent us a mean message that was like, "Someone keeps tapping the mic and it's pissing me off." Wow. And I was like, first of all, he's not tapping the mic; he's tapping the table." Second okay, of all, cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, on that note, I guess we have to bring in our guest. We are actually so excited to have him on. Talk about someone who. I feel like people come out of the woodwork. When I was like, we're going to have Danny Pellegrino on, people come out of the woodwork. You don't know what people's people around you are listening to. Guess what? They're all listening to Danny Pellegrino. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for and having we should, me. I'm we so should happy. say right off the top, we're going to mention your book approximately 17 times because we're so good at our jobs and promoting other people's work. But I want you to open by saying what it is and what is it called and when it's out. Yeah, we'll get this out of the way quick. The new book is called The Jolliest Bunch. It's a collection of holiday stories. I know we're recording this in October, but there is a Halloween chapter. There's some Thanksgiving stories, a lot of Christmas stories, but it's like Christmas vacation in a book. It's a collection of essays and I'm going to beg people right now to buy it. Please buy it. We we need people to pick it, it up. Pre-order it if it's uh, or pre- come see me. I'm going to be on tour and you can get a book going to see me on tour or just get the book. Please, I beg you. I beg you. 
Wow. And Beautiful. also, also, by the way, I was taking notes while the two of you were talking and I sort of hate that I have to come on now because I was just enjoying the podcast. But before we even <laughs> got on here, I was listening to your episode with Vanessa Bayer and I was just relating and laughing so hard about the idea of like <laughs> when you meet people and you know, when you either when you've met someone a million times and they say nice to meet you almost as like a, a dig sometimes I, I've found yeah. that people do that or I don't know, there's just so much nuance when you're talking to people like that. So I just loved it. Um, and then I have other notes. Should I get in my other notes? Actually, I would, love, I would love to hear your notes. notes. Yeah. Um, we're really open. To oh my God. Wow. By the way. So I do want us to go back to that sex story. You were talking about yeah. sex. I would like us to revisit that at some point. Maybe okay. if, if you wouldn't mind, I know you might not want to open up about it, but I'm going to need you to, um, See, also right. you mentioned, uh, the star is born and I've been mm -hmm. waiting uh -huh. for an outlet to just say that, I prefer I'll Never Love Again over Shallow, which is a bold take. And I just feel like I needed Whoa. a public platform. Okay. Wow. A public platform. You know, at this point, I agree because I, I've heard Shallow so many. I mean, I mean, that howl, though, will never not be like the most iconic thing. Uh, yeah, ever. they should copy and paste that into the other song. Yes, yes, 100%. And look, I love that song. It's a perfect, flawless song. I just, something about the. The I'll Never Love Again feels like a classic 90s ballad to me. So I think that's why. I sure, it. sure. Um, you mentioned Troy Sivan, his rush. I just want to see if anyone saw him on Watch What Happens Live with Reba McIntyre because it's important viewing. I didn't watch it. Uh, I, I, I didn't watch either, but I'm like, sometimes with those, with Watch What Happens Live, I'm like, the fact that they're together is enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I got yeah. I got exactly what I needed from a screenshot of him with Reba McIntyre and him in, I think, like, head-to-toe Balenciaga. <laughs> I fully agree. Even seeing him just, like, like in the promotional materials where it's their headshots next to each other, I was like, okay, that was yeah. that was a fun TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what you're going to get, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was almost like I don't want to watch it necessarily because my imagination is running wild, and it's perfect in there. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, one time, many, many years ago, I um, unsuccessfully submitted to be a writer on Watch What Happens Live, and the challenge, the like thing we had to write was like opening lines for Andy for the for if the guests were Mindy Kaling and Shannon Beater, and I was like, this is my dream, like just to write basically puns. It's like they give you two celebrities, and you're like, one of them, you know, fell down a hole, and one of them showed her whole like it's like it's just that like over and over and over again you like 18 of those and i'm certain that has been one of them i like that exactly. yeah yeah of course of course yeah. did you watch it the the reba and troy okay so even though i did just encourage all of your listeners to watch it all i did see were clips so i hypocrisy? didn't actually watch okay. but it's, but to me that i felt no, similarly of, like that was enough huge yeah yeah totally. that's nice yeah um, I did um, have two more notes. Should I? Yes, please, 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 please. Are we exhausted by these? I'm sorry. No, no, no. no I'm close. I'm all in. The, the other thing is with the articles, I always text myself the links and then I go back. Mm. So I have a thread that's me to me. And I don't mm. think it's the most ideal solution, but it's just the one that I have gone with now. And then finally, my last uh, thing is just I was recently inspired by Puss in Boots too. <laughs> wow. I felt like so for you I felt like that was the first okay. time where I've been my brain was been open to a new creative thing. Mm. And I know some of the animation was uh, take off the Spider-Verse movies which are great, uh -huh. but but I really was blown away by the second Puss in Boots. You know, you are not the first person to tell me that my brother is obsessed with that movie in like a wild way. I really love the idea of being like <laughs> 
countering the argument that there's no innovation art by being like, well, have you seen Puss in Boots, Boots 2, the sequel of a spinoff of Shrek? <laughs> I would even argue that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, which lifts some of that I, style, I would even argue to me that was an innovation and left me wildly emotional as well as creatively uh, I have inspired. heard that. I have heard yeah. that as well. It sort of actually seems like, and I haven't seen any of these movies, but it seems like maybe animation is an, an area where there is innovation more so than other. Sure, it's like forms. animation and horror. That's yeah. where you can be innovative. I mean, you know where else, like truly a new form that was created in this century was just memes. I'm not saying I think they're like high art, but it is true that that didn't exist. This is what I want to complain about. This is okay. a, the other side of the argument of mm -hmm. like, there's been no good art in the last whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, then the other side, which is also bad, mm -hmm. is being like, actually TikToks belong oh, in the MoMA. I completely like, agree. Actually, memes are the new form of communication and we're creating a new language. Yeah. This like TikTok is um, <laughs> Kubrick. <laughs> the teens are all right. And it's like, they're not. Wait, can I ask you both, Have you? is there a TikTok? Like if somebody were to ask, if I'm asking you right now, mm -hmm. what's a TikTok that sticks out in your mind? Have you seen one that still has stuck with you that maybe you saw a long time ago? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, there was this girl who was making some that were like kind of surreal that I liked, where it was like her like drinking a coffee and then it would like spill out of her mouth and then it would like cut to something else. And I was sort of like, this is fun. This is a fun use of this. And I especially like, if I was a teen, this would be like what I would be trying to do, you know? Totally. Like I'd be like in my weird house being like, okay, what can we do with this phone? Um, of course, do I think she's the next Kubrick? I don't know. Time I mean, will listen, tell. It is true that so, that you're like, yeah, I wasn't doing that when I was a teen. I was literally like watching my Big Fat Greek Wedding. I'm sorry. I was too busy um, placing at the regionals <laughs> for the cross-country meet <laughs> in Michigan uh, to be Yeah, these kids art. haven't been outside in years. Yeah. <laughs> try going for a run, sweetheart. Yeah, try going outside. <laughs> try going outside because guess what? The pandemic is a hoax. <laughs> try getting the coaches award for your cross-country team because you're such a good community builder. <laughs> How about that? Uh, <laughs> no, but it is true. Uh, there's actually no way to pick a side in the debate of whether or not TikTok is like the end of culture or if it's like actually art yeah because you can always see, but i'm all i am sort of like what if we deleted it i mean i'm a big fan of deleting i think yeah. it should be deleted <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. always when i can force myself to be really black and white about something like i can just i can just convince myself even for a second i'm like oh well it's all it it's censoring political content because it's um has to abide by the Chinese government rules. That's not necessarily true, but I'm like, oh, great. So now I can just morally feel like I'm saying the right thing and I also don't have to get TikTok. And yeah, I think at this yeah. point in time in 2023, all of the social media platforms have really given us really great reasons to leave them. And yet I think a lot of us are still on them. And so even with all of the the very, very clear cut reasons of why these are bad for us or why we mm -hmm. shouldn't be on them. We're all still doing a lot of them. That's unfortunately the saddest part. Is it like that's sort of what's the weirdest to me about TikTok? Because the other ones, it was like, well, we were addicted to them before we knew that they were bad. And it's like, well, now we know like there is proof that this is bad. And then we're like, but what if I get it? Like, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's like, but I need to go viral. Like, I, I need I need attention from this other way. Yeah. And just and it, what it's. Yeah. Just no, when I it. just when I think my feed is I hate it and I'm ready to delete it, then like they'll throw something at me that I will be blown away by creatively, even though it's probably 
in, in any other realm, I might not be blown away by it. But when it comes on my feet in between somebody making uh, pumpkin bread and uh, housewives gifts, then I'm enthralled by it. There was recently this guy who he was taking like QVC clips and like kind of a, a, a bloopers, QVC or HSN bloopers. And you know how usually those bloopers, there's somebody on a phone call, like somebody calling in to the to the segment. And so he was dressing up as the person calling in. And so we were seeing the person calling in's reaction as the host on QVC fell off a ladder or whatever it I was. I mean, I'm already laughing. Yeah, I'm I like, love this that. is good. Like, I swear to God, I watched this guy and I was blown. And he wasn't an entertainer. I think he's just, uh, you know, he had said, he had messaged me and said like, oh, thank you for sharing or something because he's like, I don't, I'm not a comedian or anything. And I was like, you are though. And you're creating the most beautiful content I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I did love when that, there was one person that did like, it was like a parody of a fashion show so he kept wearing like the most insane it would be like a giant piece of wood like he would just like take things in his apartment and then do like a runway walk with them i was like that's genius yeah yeah <laughs> so my standards are very low i mean mine too maybe the maybe the sort of maybe what feels so mind-numbing about all of it is like how everything is a reference to something like mm-hmm. everything is sampling basically well and uh, what what bothers me about it which is is just that it's a video editor's world out there yeah like um, i'm sort of like whatever happened to just <laughs> performance yeah yeah uh, or writing or writing even and don't you feel with podcasting too there's so much pressure now to be putting these videos on social media and do i don't get us started do not get yeah i know i know you, <laughs> but i'm i'm just like you guys where it's like yeah. it's too much it's all too much and i i and then you hear people yell at you. They'll say, you gotta be posting these on TikTok or something. It's like, I don't, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, the way that you say something literally in conversation, just like the first thing you thought of, and then you listen back to it and you're like, oh, that's like sort of funny. I guess we'll have to put it on five platforms with a <laughs> caption that's like, this is my official yes. belief. <laughs> and sucks all of the joy out of that one little moment. Yeah. It's just crazy. Wow, that is so funny. Hi, Stradio listeners. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, I've got news for you. If you said two, three, or four, you're right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in a single pill. That's right. There's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about 2-in-1 HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. 
looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following the news, you know that from healthcare access to safe schools, LGBTQ plus rights are under attack. And it's about time queer and trans youth get the microphone and tell their stories in their own words. We can kiss every woman's face goodbye. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. I wish I could feel more comfortable in my own body here, but that's just not the case. And follow along as they discover what queer and trans liberation means to them. This isn't running away from yourself. It's running into who you want to grow into. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Should we do our first segment? I think we should. Danny, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in the segment, we ask you a series of rapid fire questions to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. It's basically this thing or this other thing. And the only rule is you can't ask a single follow-up question or we will scream at the top of our lungs. It'll be louder than the howl in shallow. Wow. (laughs) We should actually do the howl from shallow when someone asks the question. Talk about topical. Talk about. We really did record this episode three years ago. (laughs) Relevant now, now more than ever. And so wait, just and so my answer. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. That sounds like a question question coming. Shut my fucking. I'm gonna shut my fucking (laughs) Okay, George, kick us off. Okay, Danny. Strutting your stuff or shouting enough. (laughs) I'm afraid to answer. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of um, you should check in with part that. of the game. <laughs> and I'm saying this is straight. Oh, I, I'm gonna give you the benefit uh, of the doubt. Uh, <laughs> I love and hate you both. Uh, yes, we'll then we'll say yes. So what? <laughs> okay, we did get you. We got okay, you. Okay, we got you. We got okay. you good. You got to choose one or the other. Yeah. Um. Enough. Enough. Okay. Okay. Okay, Danny. Piece of cake or slice of life? Ooh. Slice of life. Ooh, I love that. Okay. I'll have the ahi tuna steak or Isaac Mizrahi sure can bake. I'll have the ahi tuna steak. <laughs> okay. Friendly fire or enemy sexual desire? Hmm. Enemy sexual desire. Stairway to heaven or air train to terminal B? Stairway to heaven. Stairway to heaven. <laughs> okay. Finding Nemo or losing your libido? <laughs> uh... Losing your libido. Mm. Abstract expressionism or concrete jungle? <laughs> concrete jungle. <laughs> That's good. Concrete jungle. Okay. Being direct with your feelings or being distant and weird and hoping people see it? <laughs> distant and weird. Wow. Yeah, wow. These were very high concept. These were high concept. We're going into a new era. Yeah, we Tell actually... that to the writer of No New Innovation. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I really feel like I feel like I'm in the midst of this new innovation. Yeah. And yeah. we will be honest and say those are some of the hardest ones we've ever done. Yeah, okay. I think. And we rate our guests on a scale of one to one thousand doves. Well, zero to one thousand doves, actually. Oh, that's a good point. We could give you a zero. No, we're not giving you a zero. Um, Where do I I actually fall? think that was I think that was a good performance. I thought it was a really good performance. I would say it's around the eight hundreds. I thought 872. Yeah, I think it's 872. It felt hours. rocky at the beginning, and I'm sorry about that. My, my apologies. No. Do not have to apologize. That was, you know, vulnerability lets people in. That's true. And I think your fans <laughs> will see that and be like, he's human. Yeah. <laughs> and I did like that, you know, you were you were sort of like, you were playing along. You want, you know, you want to sort of like, yes, yeah, and us. And then there was a, a split second where you were, it was clear that you were like, these fucking idiots. Yeah, I actually and like I that. love that. And there I was really a, do. There I, was a moment of retaliation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, I, I was okay, like, so oh, is he going to literally okay. log off? Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, I was going to shut the laptop screen and just say, In the beginning, fuck yeah. Because, yeah. Because, no. like, we've put, you, we've put you through so much already, and now we're just going to, like, yell random words at you? No, but I liked it. And also, I like when people are a little confrontational. I, and this is a topic for my therapist, but I tend to be attracted to men who can be a little tough on me. And so uh, I think... We can um, sense that. The sexual, uh, the so, sexual tension yeah, is Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if you picked up on that part of it, because that was, yeah. that was what I actually think I was feeling when you thought I was saying, fuck these guys. Yeah. I think I was actually saying, like, oh, fuck these guys, you know, like... It was totally. Well, it was interesting. It was interesting when you leaned in and started kissing the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and was took a moment where I was like, took off the pants up. Yeah, and yeah. you took off your pants. That was sort of interesting. Yeah, yeah. that was an interesting way to perform yeah. that. That has never happened before. <laughs> um, okay, I'm like, should we get into our topic? I think we should actually. Okay, Danny, we would love to know what straight topic you have brought for us today, and maybe a little bit about what you think is straight about it. Yeah, so uh, we're coming up on the Halloween season, or we're in the midst of the Halloween season, and I just find that straight people love to dress up as Harley Quinn and Joker, and it's been happening yeah. mm -hmm. for, it wasn't just, there's a misconception that it's been happening just since that that movie that came out with Jared Leto and Margot Robbie, but it's been happening forever, and yeah, yeah. people every time think that it's unique and it's fine if you just want to wear a costume that everybody is wearing all the time. But there is something that I find to be almost like straight ownership over that specific couple's costume. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Weirdly, no gay person has ever gone as the Joker. I'm actually really racking my brain to think of a gay person that has gone as the Joker. Yeah. And I can't like I, the way that it is straight makes it almost like I haven't thought of it as a, the straight costume. And now I'm like, oh, it so is to the point where it would be really, really funny to go as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because there's other <laughs> things that are sort of straight. It's like, OK, like. You know the scream, like just things that are sort of cliche. Like even yeah, where's Waldo yeah. is, you know, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. things are a little straight. But like I've certainly seen gay people go as where's Waldo. I think people love the scream movies, but literally the Joker is only straight. It, yeah, to, yeah. To me, the most universal costume would be Mario and Luigi in terms of gay straight, because I find that I, like yeah, two I gay agree. men often will dress up as Mario and Luigi. But then I also have seen like two straight frat guys or whoever dress up as Mario and Luigi. So I've also seen straight couples gap. where literally like where straight couples where the woman is the Luigi and the man is Mario. Yeah. Wow. You'll see anything these days. Yeah. But Harley Quinn <laughs> and Joker, I don't think you will no. ever see gay people dressed as either of those. Yeah. Even Harley Quinn, who I, I think gay people might like the character, but I just don't know that I've seen a gay person dressed as Harley Quinn because even I think gay people recognize, oh, that's a straight costume. Exactly. That's not for me. Yeah. To... I have seen one person, one 
uh, queer woman dressed as Harley Quinn. Really? Uh, but she was doing it as a joke. So that's um, where it gets complicated. Okay. It was it was it was Paula Poundstone. It was Anna Faraga. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and it was actually extremely funny because yeah. Angelo did her makeup and like made it really really professional looking. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like, what is going on? But <laughs> I love that that she kind of leaned into that. Like that's brilliant. she really leaned in. I feel like literally Marjorie Taylor Greene has dressed as Harley Quinn in the past. <laughs> like it is a fully conservative costume. It is alt right. Well, I mean, so the Joker's place in culture is very complicated. Yeah. Because there is just between the two of them, there is sort of a, a, a Republican bend to it. But you can also take it to another. Like it's like it's almost any political affiliation you want can be Jokerified. Mm hmm. Also, um, I, I'm I'm raising my hand because I also have to say we're entering this weird era too with Lady Gaga doing Joker Part Two, that is going to blur all of these fucking lines. Wow, you are so right. I actually don't know where that would leave us. That might be that might be honestly like. Will it heal us? Will it heal us or divide us? I think it will divide us so bad. I think it'll make it. <sighs> I think it'll make Lady Gaga less for the gays. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you look at Lady Gaga's recent choices, to go from literally being nominated for an Oscar for doing a literally like jingoistic military song. <laughs> sorry, but it's true. <laughs> you mean hold, the hold, hold My Hand? Hold My Hand. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's that movie called? Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. I Love the Army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, to, to be literally be doing like American flag army propaganda for, for what is it called again? Top Gun. Top Gun. Top for Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> the biggest movie of like the, the last five years. Time. And you're like, um, for Top Gun, to go from that to playing basically Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm like, where is... Maybe it's because she's so traumatized by Chromatica coming out during the pandemic that she took a hard right turn. She keeps getting traumatized. Of course, we're trying to talk about uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn, and we mm -hmm. just end up talking exclusively about yeah. Gaga's career choices. But it it's important. Is, she... She it's keeps a, yeah. getting traumatized and being like, I'm never doing dance music again. And then finally she comes back to it and gets traumatized again. Well, and by the way, just to add one more thing. So there's there's Top Gun, there's Joker. And then the other thing she's doing with her career is basically doing like an MLM with her makeup line that no one's buying, <laughs> which is also very conservative coded. Wait, has so that like, moved okay. into MLM territory? Like, what? I mean, spiritually. I yeah, spiritually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, spiritually. Like, you're yeah, sort of yeah. like, do you know anyone who's purchased? I mean, because I know people that wear Fent that purchase Rihanna's makeup. I know people that wear Kylie Jenner's makeup. Who's purchasing Lady Gaga's makeup? I have no idea. Literally, no. It's an MLM. You know, <laughs> she's doing uh, okay. an MLM. Yeah. But is there a possibility that maybe she is using the Joker 2 to relaunch the makeup because it's going to be heavy makeup and maybe it makes sense then and people maybe it's not selling and maybe she's thinking oh, this, this this would be good for the makeup you are a genius You're a that genius. is the most obvious point I, it never even occurred to me she's always two steps ahead yeah she's playing chess <laughs> while we're all playing checkers totally 100% but also like talk about conservative so basically She's anti-art. She's literally doing a movie as a means uh, to make SpawnCon for her makeup Is line. the well, Joker to, is it a musical? Are people yeah, saying it it's a musical? It's a musical. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me either, though. The, no, it's no, like, no. I, And I didn't see the first one. <laughs> but but it <laughs> yeah. was, I don't think the first one was a musical. It, it was not There were musical. not songs in it. Okay. Um, but there was dancing. So this I is, guess, you yeah. call it, confusing to me, the whole thing. It's confusing. Okay, to return to Halloween <laughs> costumes, uh, like, 
I think your point about it being so long that we've seen Joker costumes is one of the more apt points. Like, the of fact- many, by the way, you are firing on all cylinders. No, of course, yeah. I I just remember like being literally in college and seeing the Joker everywhere and being like, okay, well, this is college. Yeah. Obviously, now more than ever, this is going to f- slowly fall down. Sure. And the way that we cannot move away from the Joker, can't escape it. Like. We can't escape it. Even we, the two of us, can't escape it. Every time we're in here, oh we're God. talking about how things are the Joker now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a really great metaphor. Like, it's a rich cultural figure for a reason. Who's more important, Jesus Christ or the Joker? I mean, two sides of the same coin, one could say. <laughs> What's the difference? Because one, one is the Joker in a kind-hearted, like, one is kindness punk and one is Joker, the two sides of the coin of Chromatica. It's crazy to me how somehow the Joker has even eclipsed Batman or or I would I I think most gay people would agree that like Catwoman was a better character. But for some reason, Joker seems to live out. I know it's well, there's a loneliness epidemic and that is especially in men. That's literally true. (laughs) And I actually think that is (laughs) that it's real. Well, Joker is like, what if we made incels fun and like colorful? And there is something about people probably with the makeup. It's like they, an easy costume to sort of do the makeup mm-hmm. or or it's like a very recognizable costume. So I think sometimes gay people in particular, they will put on a costume that will be very obscure. You know, it's like a it's like flow from progressive or something, you know, like they're doing some yeah. weird obscure reference. I had a friend who dressed up as the Snapple lady once. <laughs> do you remember her? Like, a, well, I love that. From, wow. Classic. And of course, at the party, she had to keep saying I'm the Snapple lady, you know, but I don't think straight people, at least the ones I've experienced, want to be going around the party and explaining their costume. Whereas if they're Joker and Harley Quinn, it's like, oh, they did come in a costume mm-hmm. and I know what it is. And so it's that that pressures off them. Whereas gay people kind of want to be like, oh, here is I'm I'm the Snapple lady. <laughs> totally. And you're actually pointing to something very smart, which is gay people love the sort of leaning into specificity and in fact the Joker is a pretty accessible costume because if you just do smeared makeup and any combination of like green purple ill-fitting suit yeah. people will sort of get what you're going yeah for. wet hair yeah even yeah. if you're uh, at a Halloween party and you were forgive my language sucking dick in the bathroom or and you come mm-hmm. out and your your lipstick's all smeared it's very yeah, easy like, to say Joker? <laughs> easy to say oh I'm the Joker right <laughs> I actually find the um, I find it cheating sometimes when gay people go really specific and are like, "Oh, I'm the extra from this film, <laughs> totally. like who made the weird face at minute 33." I'm like, I'll, "Like you're disqualified." I actually think there should be referees at Halloween yeah. that go around and disqualify people. So, what is your ideal level of specificity for Halloween costumes? You have to like we need to be able to take a poll of the room, and 75 percent of people need to know who you are. Oh. That's a good That's number. That's actually a good point. That's yeah. a good point. And also, by the way, should not be uh, only readable when it's a photograph on Instagram. A background, oh, a background that? Doesn't oh, yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to. That they should get banned from Instagram. <laughs> that, the way that people will be like, like holding a book and being like, "I'm book lady," and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, you're not. Yes. You're not book lady and at ce- all." Celebrities have been doing that more and more the past few years, where they're taking these photos, and I'm like, "Are you yeah. even going to a party dressed like that, or did you just do a photo shoot?" So you just did a fr- photo. Shoot. Yeah, you just did yeah. a photo shoot in front of a your uh, wall and then you're posting it side by side with the picture I'm like is this really even meant to be a costume at a costume party 
We're going to yeah. also be entering really dangerous territory this year because I'm I'm fearing that the straights are really going to lean hard into Ken from Barbie. I just feel it. And I feel you're, it. I mean, you're totally right. And let's talk about that. But that's like maybe I'm a little bit jealous of that sincerity sometimes uh -huh. where it's like yeah. you can watch the biggest movie of the year. You can see that clearly this is a couple's costume waiting to happen. And you can know in your heart that there will be 400 other people in your town of 500 people totally. going as that. And then you are like. But I'm going to do it too, and I'm not being critical of that. Like uh, that no, I is, know what you it's mean. nice. Uh, there's yeah, it's a nice. sincerity, there's a wholesomeness there where you're like, well, I don't need to be like the most unique. I just want to have fun tonight. This is that. actually, I think about this a lot in terms of weddings. I feel like there's two kinds of straight uh, couples, which is like with weddings, where one kind is like quirky alt like this is our chance to be as original as possible. We're picking readings that are from like there's one funny one, and it's from you know. Uh, some it's it's from like Junie B. Jones and it's like a funny one and then there's also one really deep one from like some you know um, Soviet poet and then and and we're gonna and I'm gonna wear a wedding dress that's actually purple and he's gonna wear like shoes that don't match and blah 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 and then the other kind is just the people that are like it is my turn to do what everyone else has been doing yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's actually and it's like I don't want it to be original. I want it to be as close to Google image wedding as possible, but it's my face on top of the wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds and me I of the- And I do feel like with Halloween, that is the, that's sort of the difference. It's like the people that dress as Joker and Harley, Barbie and Ken, they're just like, it doesn't lessen the impact for them that everyone else is doing it. They're just yeah. like, but we're also doing it. There's right. a selflessness to yeah. it. Right. Yeah, there's, it's collectivism. Yeah. Did you see the Beckham documentary? I had forgotten when David and Victoria got married that they were in those purple suits and mm -hmm. their son was also in a matching purple suit. And I, I don't know, it made me think of it when you were saying that because to me that fell somewhere in the middle at least where it was like, we're doing the traditional wedding and it, of course it was publicized and all that stuff. But then at least they put on ridiculous purple suits. Which were, totally. to bring us back around, likely somewhat inspired by the Joker. Inspired by the Joker and Harley Quinn. It's so crazy that the Beckhams dress as the Joker and yeah. Harley Quinn for their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> they um, were ahead of the curve. I, I'm, I'm almost like, okay, if they, if two people actually dress as the Joker and Harley Quinn for their wedding, I might have to just tip my hat to that. Like, <laughs> I would have to stand. I would have to stand. Uh, there's something where you're like, all right, well, you actually went for it. I actually yeah. love like a wild wedding like when people like people will post pictures of like this is the tackiest wedding ever and they're like all in camo or something and i'm like that is a sleigh to me it's yeah. tough well weddings are <laughs> tough because in fact I, I almost think we need to abandon the con the idea of a non-tacky wedding mm -hmm. yeah. like it, it's just it's in it's definitionally it's tacky yeah yeah you know i Even used if to you are, yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt. But I, I used to do this show called Tony and Tina's Wedding when I lived in Chicago. And it's the whole thing is a tacky Italian wedding and it's dinner theater. So uh, we were literally like putting on a fake wedding every night. And mm -hmm. it was that tacky wedding where every night you would hear shout at a certain time. And obviously it was sort of semi scripted. So there were all these beats you hit, but it really made you it really made me step back and see all of those those beats of a wedding. <laughs> And they're exhausting and ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. I have a question. What's everyone's um, Halloween costume that they're most proud of? Oh, okay. I actually have some. I have some good ones. Okay, so <laughs> I can go first. Yeah. Um, two come to mind. Both of them were couples costumes with my uh, ex boyfriend. And shout out, shout out. <laughs> um, 
one of them was this is a very Instagrammy one, so you're not gonna like this one. I'm gonna be furious. It was a specific photograph of Tegan and Sarah, and we were Tegan and Sarah. I'm walking out. And I do think a gay male couple being Tegan and Sarah is funny to this yeah, day. I think, I think that's sure. Funny. No, that yeah, holds that's up. Funny. That's funny. So that's one. And it was like the photo side by side. It was like a very clear reference. And then the other one was the year that Tanache's two on came out. We went as two giant on switches. So we were two on and she regrammed us. <gasps> Yeah. Huge. Wow. Pretty big. So those are my wow. two. I forgot that's how you got your big break. So, that's how I wait, got my so, big break. So she posted to her 20,000 followers? <laughs> I mean, listen, that this was, was 10 that years was... ago, so it was even fewer than 20,000. <laughs> I do love Tanashi. I was just joking. I mean, yeah. of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. Um, I was proud of my... Um, I had a trilogy of costumes wow. that were all because it was inspired by one year I was like I'm going to be Ariana Grande and didn't realize you know this was a while ago now and I, I kind of thought to I would just put on a wig and a black dress and sort of be like I'm Ariana I thought my, I would I would just transform like magically and then I put on the dress and I was like okay I look so beefy I've never looked more like a football player in my entire life and I <laughs> And the hair is making me look, I look like a Mortal Kombat character. I did not oh look God. anything, like there was no um, drag illusion. It was very like, you look scary. Um, and then I was, but then I had so much fun with sort of being this like monster mm-hmm. that every, then the next two years I was like, I'm going to be a really bad pop star. So then I was um, uh, Joanne era Gaga the next year. I do remember that. And then I was Swish Swish Katy Perry the next year. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> The only one. Um, yeah. Uh, wait, I, I want to add that. one more, which is one year we were, and this is so cliche at this point, so I wouldn't say looking back I'm proud of it, but we were from Portlandia, the women and women first bookstore owners, which at the time felt semi-fresh, but I understand that it's not anymore. No, so I apologize no. publicly for So that. that was sort of a now more than ever moment. That was a now more than ever moment. <laughs> and at the time, and it, this is how dated it was, our friend, get ready, was Pizza Rat. And we have a photo where our friend Allison is Pizza Rat and we are the women and women first. Uh, There's ladies. something about a Pizza Rat costume or something that's so topical though that really like imprints the time. So when you look back totally. on it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, my friend who was Pizza Rat, that's what was going on culturally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of genius. They're actually like uh, a journalist of their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I want to be Pizza Rat this year. This yeah, That's genius. See, yeah, and Wait, Danny, what are your... Around. Yeah, well, you know, are I, you a Halloween person? I do love Halloween, but I think I love more of like the non-dressing up costume part of Halloween. Like I like the decor, yeah. like the trick or treating, oh. and all of that kind of leaves and autumn. Uh, but I most remember my, um, I similarly to what you were saying, I dressed up as uh, um, Diane Keaton from Something's Got to Give in All Off oh, right, right when she's on the beach with Jack Nicholson. But I realized when I was putting on the costume that I did not look like her, and it was going to be confusing. And and maybe a little scary too because it was just like a bucket hat and like an off white outfit, you know. Uh-huh. But then I just did, I did zombie Diane Keaton from Something's Got to Give to really like push it over the edge because I just thought, well, I'm gonna be scaring people anyway, and at least mm-hmm. that felt, it felt like a little bit different. Whereas I thought if I didn't put on the zombie makeup, it would people would be scared even more by just me as Diane and Something's Got to Give without the zombie makeup. Does that make sense? That does make a lot 100%. of sense. One hundred percent. I think my ideal. I'm trying to think. Like my goal with a Halloween costume is because it's like what I'm shooting for is like silly exhibitionism. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, so yeah. you want it to be sexy? No, but but there's no sexy in there. No sexy. I just want it to be like silly, and for some reason, like 
there's a an element of like and i'm not wearing pants yeah yeah right, yeah right, 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 like you want yeah. the illusion of a little sexiness right like or a little yeah 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 yeah. Here's a great idea. Go as Winnie the Pooh and just be fully nude with a uh, red T-shirt. <laughs> and I, just cock out. <laughs> when I was younger, we would always just wear the same costume every year. And I always would get my brother's hand-me-down. So I was a vampire for like six years in a row or something. And I do like the idea of not having to plan something every year and just like going into the closet and being like, oh, I'm going to get out the vampire yeah. costume again. Or like Old Faithful, whatever that Old Faithful is, that is something that will always be kind of acceptable as a Halloween costume that you will always yeah. have. Or even if maybe you have the more specific costume for one party, but then there's another party, you're like, oh, they're not going to get it. Let me just throw on Old Faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, actually, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I love the a, a classic stoom. You know, I love people that are like, I'm Dracula, I'm a bat, I'm a witch, I'm because it's like, you know, that's like, it's like the singer songwriter of Halloween costumes. Exactly. Oh, I also yeah. think it's very chic for like a mom to just get out the cat ears every uh-huh. year and oh. be like ready for trick or treaters. Like she's not like, or get out the witch hat. Right. And she just like puts on the witch hat. She has a little t-shirt that has a pumpkin on it that she got at Target and she's just doing it. She's giving out candy. Yeah, she's I mean, when festive, there's like production, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah. When and she's a- also not competing with the children like some kind of insane person. Yeah, like j- if you if you need attention that bad, find the stage. Yeah. I when <laughs> people have too much production value on like their front porch for uh, giving yeah. out candy, it's like you need to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah, you got to find that right perfect balance with the costume or the front porch thing where you're showing some effort, but you're not overdoing it. Yeah. Is it is about the children? Is this about the children or are you insecure and are you not processing some past trauma? It's or, tough to find the midway point. Yeah. Or <laughs> people, I think, lean too hard into the sexiness where they go overboard and it becomes unsexy because it's like there's nothing to the imagination. Yeah. Like I, I, I want a little... I like a little flash of skin or something that's going to make you feel like they're wearing a sexy costume. But, mm-hmm. but when it goes to, when it's, they're completely nude, it's almost like, okay, that's I get it. Like you're, it's too much. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah. that makes a lot it. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. If we're talking, of course, this is a podcast about straight culture, but if we're talking about gay pet peeves, mm-hmm. it's also when someone's like, like says they're a really elaborate costume. And then it's like, they're also just sort of naked with like little <laughs> hints of like like cultural signifiers of that thing like it'll be like i'm an airplane and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> okay but that i love actually to be just like fully nude with naked wings <laughs> wait what's the That's what's funny what's the hottest costume to both of you like either you Ooh. think back and you think that guy was wearing the hottest costume or you would be really attracted if you saw somebody in such and such I mean, th- to actually bring it back to something we've already said, one, I do always find it a little bit hot when someone is Mario. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. This this That's works true. for me entirely. Like, And I actually love that you didn't think that hard and you seem chill. <laughs> Mario is sort of the platonic ideal of a good Halloween costume. It yeah. is, as you said before, it is the most inclusive. It's the most universal. It really never gets old. Yeah. You can make it as sexy as you want or at least exactly. sexy. Like I've seen pretty yeah. skimpy Luigi costumes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or I've seen yeah. ones that they look exactly like <laughs> the <laughs> character uh, from the car- video games. Mm-hmm. I um, and then there's also like 
I do. It's more of a. I get into self hatred territory when I am attracted to like just a basic. Like if someone's like, oh, "I'm the coach," or a football and like, player or something. Yeah, yeah. Football, and I'm like, that is hot, and I like hate that I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes someone will show up as like a hot boy scout, and you're like, "God damn it!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just when I thought I was different and better. <laughs> yeah, or a or sailor like, costume. I mean, it's a sailor. Yes. It's or like, just yeah, like we fireman. are just. Yeah, yeah, we are just attracted to those basic baseline sexy things. Yeah. I always like when I, a baseball player or I like the, yeah. um, and this goes in self-hatred territory too, where um, the football player with like the, the tight pants, like to me, it yeah. like sort of brings you back to your childhood of having the crush on the football player or something, even though. Yeah. You you want them to bully you a bit. Yeah. 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 I want a baseball <laughs> player then takes his bat and hits me over the head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Okay. I'm like. Do we have anything more to say about Joker and Harley Quinn? Before, before, hmm. You know, I, I would just encourage your listeners actually to just bookmark this moment because we're going to see how this is affected in the years to come with Joker part two and how it relates to the gay and straight community because that's going to be the real focal or testing point. No, this. I think you're absolutely right. I really think it's a, it's a turning point and I genuinely don't know because it really could go either way where maybe it is true that suddenly it becomes like super iconic and every, and like drag queens are doing Lady Joker and it's like a challenge <laughs> on Drag Race. If there was a Joker challenge on Drag Race, I would actually be in heaven. I, I <laughs> actually would wouldn't be, so be surprised fun. if there is one coming up for that one because I would imagine they're going to lean into Lady Gaga of it all and probably try to market the movie to LGBTQ yeah. community to get our dollars because we're all going to want to see Lady Gaga or at least whatever happens with that. So they might be doing some sort of cross campaigning with mm -hmm. drag race or something. Like, I, I don't know that it would be that surprising. Unfortunately, I mean, in some ways it is this, like, it's almost like an algorithmically made, uh, perfectly a mass appeal movie. Like they have just put everything in there. What yeah. would you say is Lady Gaga and then musical Lady Gaga? <laughs> what would you say would be her outside of that upcoming movie, like her most memorable if somebody was dressing as Lady Gaga? I mean, there are obvious ones like meat dress. Yeah, everyone yeah. instantly recognizes that, or like co Coke can in the hair. Coke can in the hair, people love to do. Uh, uh, yeah, Muppet. Those, was, I mean, like a pet costume years ago. Which like oh the Muppet or, one the Kermit did she, or Kermit did she have like yeah the Kermit yeah 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 I mean I, there was like a full five year period where everyone was going as different Lady Gaga's for Halloween I have to share something and a Glee so... episode about it there was a Glee episode where everyone dressed <laughs> yes. as Lady Gaga I think that's I exactly hate myself I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> well I'm gonna share something extremely embarrassing I remember Please. being in college early Lady Gaga era and being like making a joke on Halloween that was like, no matter what you are, you can just say you're Lady Gaga. Cause she just dresses so crazy. And I was literally like, wow. like that at is the, the time, tyranny of the closet right there. That is the tyranny <laughs> of the closet at a Southern university. I cannot believe that. <laughs> I mean, you were essentially voting for George W. Bush. Essentially, and campaigning for him. I was essentially yeah. working. You were going door campaign. to door <laughs> and you were coalition building. It is so, such a bummer. I mean, talk about now more than ever. I, that was a moment that was, such a peak of yeah. my worst self. Um, and luckily we've moved past it. Wow. We use this podcast a lot to just sort of confess our sins of our past. Well, I am obsessed with the fact that you later dressed as 
Katy Perry because of course I'm just now thinking about that Glee episode and again I hate myself but uh, the, in that Glee episode it was like Gaga versus Katy Perry and then everybody was like siding with one or the other so people were also dressing up as Katy Perry characters or whatever um, so it it is I don't know where I'm going with this but it's I don't know it's just fascinating <laughs> wait in that episode they were half Katy half Gaga yeah they were like some of them were friends with or some of them were fans I don't remember exactly I I lie. I do remember the plot. It was like <laughs> who? It was at the time of that Roar album, which was uh-huh. I forget which album that was off of, and then the Applause album, and everybody yeah. had this idea that the two of them were feuding, and so Glee decided yeah. to lean into that, where some of them were bigger fans of Katy Perry, some were bigger fans of Lady Gaga, and then it culminated in like this mashup of the two songs, where half the cast was dressed as a Katy Perry character, half were dressed as Lady Gaga. I believe. Am I making that up? Maybe I'm. Spitting no, no, no. no. That's I don't know. All the stuff that sounds good. That sounds right. I don't know. There needs to be. It sounds like, right. People need to be sentenced to death <laughs> that were involved in that television series. But also the way that I'm worried that it, it was Mandela aging. effect that I just remembering it different. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I stuck with it long enough to get to that point. Um, but I, the way that people even younger than us have like nostalgia for that show is very interesting because like we knew it was stupid in the moment, but we're like, but it's like silly stupid, and we're gonna watch some of it. Yeah, but it's even more insane than you remember. Is the th- it's sort of like I mean that's kind of like how people go back to like America's Top Model and they're like, can you believe this happens? Like, yeah, in the moment you also knew that was offensive. That's true. But that's it true. is even. But but there is something about it. I mean, maybe what it is is when you look back on something, you have none of the context, so it seems even more ridiculous than in the moment. Yeah. And you sort of convince yourself there wasn't a conversation happening. It's like yeah, when people were watching Glee, there was also a conversation happening around it about how silly it was. Yeah. But when you look back, you're like, wait, so this won the Oscar? It's like no. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Do you ever listen to a podcast where it's the former cast members talking about the show or even on interviews with the former Glee cast members? And it seems the more time that's gone on, the more I think they're even realizing like mid interview how crazy some of the shit was. And so, or mid, they'll be recapping an episode and it's like they're realizing it as they're presenting this, like, oh fuck, like that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be us one day. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I actually have one more thing I want to say about. Okay, what is it? About Glee? I think more people should know about Joker. I think more people should go as Batman. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to going as Batman? Yeah. To me, <laughs> no I went as should be going. I went yeah, as go Batman ahead. in college, but oh wow! But we Sassy did it Batman? in a closeted way or in a really out and proud way. Oh, I kind of both, I think, because I was closeted <laughs> at the time, but I. We all, my roommates and I were all going as different superhero characters, but the Batman costume was the child's one at the store, mm. and so I had to oh, wear okay. like I had to wear Batman boxers over the tights because it was like so revealing. Um, and so it ended up being, I guess, somewhere in the middle where it was like not a adult costume. And I think that's a good way, maybe for listeners, if they're wanting to experiment <laughs> with some of these straight costumes, maybe like go for the child size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, usually and, less expensive too. The child. Oh, size. sure, and better for the environment. And better for the when environment. You toss it in the garbage <laughs> instantly. <laughs> and actually, you're polluting less. <laughs> polluting way less. <laughs> less microplastics. Yeah. Um, out into show the sea. a little more skin, and you're uh, yeah. helping save the sea turtles. Yeah. This is actually a great, um, you know, call to action in general. Is like the sluttier your costume, the less wasteful it is. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, to me, no more superhero costumes of any kind. Let's take a five-year break. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, you, I think I think it's time. I would recommend maybe if you are someone who wants to do, let's say, Batman, a, a clever twist on it would be order a Batman costume from, like, 1985 or yeah. from a different era, let's say. Just at least, I beg of you, or if you're doing Harley Quinn or Joker, maybe pick a different version of Harley Quinn or Joker that we haven't seen a million times instead of that same one with the bat and uh, that baseball shirt on Harley Quinn. Like, it's, yeah. it, Let's pick a more obscure version of it. Well, you bring up a great point, too, which is the props surrounding Halloween costumes. I do think if it has like a large prop like a baseball bat, you, you should be disqualified. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. I think props are a red flag. Yeah, and also, like, literally, what are you planning on doing with that prop when you're at the party? You're literally just going to put it in a corner and then leave it and forget about it. Your body is your canvas. <laughs> Use yeah. it well. I you're th- not building a sculpture. You're I- making a painting. A hundred percent. I actually feel the same way with, like, too many reveals on Drag Race. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's focus. Let's Let's, enough with the bells and whistles. Yeah. Show me, uh, show me something good. Yeah, I agree. Right. right. The only way I, a prop works for me is like a cigarette or something that you know goes with it that you could is also useful in that way. Totally. Like, I want the cigarette, and so it goes with the costume. Totally. And by the way, speaking of cigarettes, I want to see more Corellas. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, speaking of cigarettes, I want to see more Corellas. I mean, yeah. It's and I want to see the Corellas from the original animated movie, Big Yellow Fur. Yes. And cigarette. So that's my challenge. That's a straight alive challenge for Halloween 2023. More Corellas. Um, um, well, I the obvious final question is yeah. like, do we know what we're going to be for Halloween this year? Well, I don't think any, I don't think any of us can reveal it. I mean, this episode's going to come out before the big reveal when we're all going to be um, Destiny's Child together. <laughs> <laughs> but not the main Destiny's Child. We're going to be the ones the who are like, no. yeah, we're going to be the, like Latavia. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, do you want to say what you're going to be? Well, the problem is I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either yet. (laughs) I don't know either. Well, I do, but I'm not going to say. Oh, my God. Did you tell me already? Yeah. I mean, I'll say it. We can bleep it. I'm going to be. Hi, Stradio listeners. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, I've got news for you. If you said two, three, or four, you're right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in a single pill. That's right. There's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated, 
we're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following the news, you know that from healthcare access to safe schools, LGBTQ plus rights are under attack. And it's about time queer and trans youth get the microphone and tell their stories in their own words. We can kiss every woman's face goodbye. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. I wish I could feel more comfortable in my own body here, but that's just not the case. And follow along as they discover what queer and trans liberation means to them. This isn't running away from yourself. It's running into who you want to grow into. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. All right. I mean, should we do our final segment? Danny, any last thoughts on Joker and Harley Quinn? No, I mean, I'm expecting to see it for years to come. It's just something that I would just encourage everyone to at least rethink or, or spend a moment or two to just, if you're out there listening, just think about it. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not you go through yeah. with it is a different story, but just at least remember that there's going to be a million other of those costumes out. And we've seen it a million times. Yeah. Yeah. I co-sign. I co-sign as well. Um, well, should we do our final segment? Danny, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in this segment, we pay homage to the great straight oral tradition of the radio shoutout and give a shout out to anything that we are enjoying. George and I will go first. But, you know, imagine it's TRL 2001. You're shouting out to your squad back home, but about anything that you like. Um, and George, do you have one? I did before I came in here and now it's I'll completely do erased I'll from do my one. mind. Okay. Um, all right. What's up, boys and girls? I want to give a shout out to, um, basically, I want to give a shout out to me listening to the audiobook of the book Doppelganger by Naomi Klein, which, you know, look it up. Great thinker, great chronicler of our, chronicler of our time. She reads her own audiobook. And I really want to give a shout out to basically me becoming sort of a like perpetually scared liberal Facebook mom because of everything that is being said in the book to the point where I'm literally unable to have a conversation because I'm like, well, did you know that she says that language doesn't mean anything anymore? And actually, there's nowhere to go but down. I am feeling hopeless more so than I've ever felt in the past. I have literally zero optimism about the future and I feel great about it, sister. <laughs> so go out there and listen to the book. It lasts literally a billion hours and she keeps making me more hopeless. And then when she tries to be a little hopeful and she's like, that's why we need collective movements. Um, as examples, no footage found. And you're like, oh, thanks, queen. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we have a lot to learn from her, but also, you know, everyone um, make your own decisions, I guess. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Um, uh, okay, okay, okay. All right. We're going to try it. What is up, everyone around the world? I want to give a huge shout out to um, 
the you know the the knowing that you, when you see someone you don't need to stop and talk to them if it's a place where you shouldn't stop and talk. I go to a gym. Woo! And often I see people I know there. We go at the same time. Some of these people I've literally known for a decade. We have been friends and we are friends. And yet I see them and we just, hi, and then keep going. Nothing more. And even sometimes a little bit less. And I find it so nice just be like, I see you, you see me. And now we're going to ignore each other for a full hour. I think people who can tastefully ignore each other are doing you a service and you are doing them a service back. It is an art form, and it needs to be respected, and talking should be illegal. Say hello, yeah. give a nod, and get back to lifting, mama. <laughs> Woo! Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> even um, a little, just a, not even a full hand wave hello, I think, is good sometimes. Just like yeah, a little, like yeah. almost one finger kind of pops up. Yeah. It's really an incredible feeling. No, that is so true. Especially, like, I used to, when I first moved to New York, I didn't... I hadn't sort of gotten used to the fact that like you run into people all the time. Like if you're on the subway, you probably will see. So I used to think it was like an insane coincidence and I would truly stop and be like, how have you been? <laughs> like when we were like on the stairs in like the Penn Station stop and it's like, no, you actually just have to ignore. Yeah, it's tasteful. Yeah. Um, okay, Danny. Should I do my shout out? Okay. Yes. 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 Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and uh, not only want you to all get my book, it's called The Jolliest Bunch, which you can order now. It's also available on audio if you want to listen to it. But I want to shout out uh, two things aside from that. One is grocery store music. I just think mm. I'm so grateful for everybody who's whoever is curating these playlists at your local grocery stores. They are the perfect soft rock stations, and I don't know if people are just all, all these grocery stores are picking up on a specific station or if they're curating their own playlist or what's going on, but the grocery stores are playing the best music you're hearing natalie and brulia torn in between alanis morissette and uh sophie b hawkins or you know it's the soft rock that you can only hear in a grocery store while you're picking up a DiGiorno pizza and i'm full for that um and then i also want to say uh there was a movie called i had to look it up because i forgot the name love at first sight on netflix it's sort of a, a rom-commy Haley lou richardson is her name the the young gal from white lotus 2 season yeah uh, and I put it on. I thought it was going to be like one of those teen movies, love teen movies that they like the kissing booth kind of situation. And I'm not saying that it wasn't. I'm just saying that I I did ultimately really enjoy it. And I watched it twice because I, I liked it so much. It's got a really cute guy in it named Ben Hardy, but it's a kind of a love story. And there's some drama and a, there's a death and all that kind of stuff, which it's not. Hopefully it's not a spoiler because I think that was in the trailer. But if it was a spoiler, I apologize. But watch it. <laughs> wow. Woo. Wow. Wow. Woo. Watched it twice. Who knew? I watch it twice. And I, probably your listeners are going to watch and be like, it was not good. No. <laughs> no but I loved love it. it. I love <laughs> I think that was beautiful. A beautiful wow. shout out to cinema. Um, um, well, thank you. Buy Danny's book, The Jolliest Bunch. And thank you so much and for doing the so pod. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, Danny. This, this is so been much a I love you both. I, I'm such a huge fan of both of you. So thank you for taking the time oh, and having you. me. We're fans of yours. Of and course. um Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right. Happy bye. Halloween. Bye. bye, guys. Thank you. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yeah. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. 
I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.